Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Hello, and welcome back to Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. I'm Sister Marie Veritas. And this is Sister Anya's Day. And it, again, is a joy to be back. Listen, a week just goes by so quickly. It does. I look forward to it every week. Me too. It's a gift. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I had a funny thought today, Sister. Tell me. Um, do you ever have a moment or a moment in your life where you're like, gosh, do I have a theme song? You know, the song that, like, just beats to the beat of your heart and your soul. Huh. You know, I don't know if I've had that thought, but now I'm having it. <laughs> and I think I need a theme song. Well, here's the thing. 12 years ago, I entered the comment 12 years ago, and so that was the last time I had a cell phone. And my um, cell phone ringtone was Chariots of Fire. Wow. That's the best. It's the best, my sister. Favorite. Well, yeah. Yeah, isn't it? It's, it's my like, favorite. I just think of St. Paul, running the race, right, for eternal glory, yeah. uh, the prize of heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's, I love it. It's epic. Classic <laughs> and epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was kind of thinking uh, about that song today, wow. Chariots of Fire. I don't know if you, sounds like you're kind of on the Chariots of Fire boat. I am. I am. But now that you've taken that, I don't think I can make that my theme song. So I think I'll make this instead my theme song. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. Did, is that original? Yep. I made it up right now. <laughs> wow, sister. Thanks. Yep. I do. It, it's, it stirs me. <laughs> it's it kind of spurs me on. Yeah, makes you want to be a saint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're here. We're unique and unrepeatable. We Cardinal O'Connor said he didn't want cookie cutter sisters. No, we're sure not cookie cutter no. sisters. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank sister. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ponder your beat. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and you know, I mean, they say laughter is the best medicine too. So I, mean, <laughs> I think we're doing good then. Yeah. Well, and it ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today. Yes. Let love heal you. Let love heal you. Yeah. And if God is love, then how do we let love, how do we let God heal us? That's a great question. Mm. Well, maybe should we start with a prayer and then dive, dive right in? Sounds awesome, sister. Yeah. Do you want to start us off? I would love to. Uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, you are King of King and Lord of Lords. Um, we ask that you simply send your Holy Spirit to anoint this time, to anoint our minds and our hearts, uh, to come where we need you most, where we need your love the most, especially as we uh, ponder your gift of healing that flows from the cross, that flows from your wounded side, that this life just pour itself into our own, especially where we need it the most. Uh, we ask for great wisdom and courage to invite you uh, into those places, and we entrust ourselves to your sacred heart, Jesus, and just ask that you draw us into uh, the depths of your sacred heart right now, into his protection and care and its mercy and love. And Blessed Mother, uh, pray for us as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Grace, pray for us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Letting love heal us. Sisters of Life are crazy about this stuff. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's just, we all need healing. You know, every, every person on the planet, we've all been wounded in some way. We need healing. And it's, Amen. you know, as sisters with our mission of hope and healing after abortion, but also our other missions, it's just so close to our hearts. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that it's possible, actually. 
It's possible. It's possible. And Jesus wants to give it to us. He's so eager. Yeah. It's like his his heart is wake, waiting to break um, itself open. Yeah. Over anyone willing to receive. Yes. Uh, and I think, yeah, we do. We see this happen. The power of God's love. Uh, go to work healing hearts, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this time in a, in a culture where, yeah, uh, we're, we're so vulnerable to being wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, you know, and that's the grand scheme of things, but it makes me think, too, it's like this this started back when I was a kid, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, we can talk about the wounds of our hearts, but also, yeah, we're just we're fragile little wonders, aren't we? We are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you had any experiences that, uh, that you needed healing as a child? Yes, well, just <laughs> at a very basic level. <laughs> I remember I was four years old, and I was running and fell and scraped my face on the sidewalk. Oh, the, the entire thing? Yep, yep, my whole face. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yep, yep. You can't tell now because I'm <laughs> gloriously restored. But really, my whole face. And it was like, <laughs> wow. But, you know, when we went to, like, the bank, the, the bank tellers took pity on me and gave me extra lollipops, you know. So I, as a kid, I, hey, you so- know was grateful. Big win. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do remember that very vividly, that special moment. That was a special moment. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. What about you, sister? You know, the first thing that comes to mind, um, I grew up in rural Maine, so mostly forest, mm-hmm. uh, evergreens. And um, so my siblings and I, we had just read some poems by Robert Frost. And one of these poems is titled Birches. And so this poem depicts um, one of the images that Robert Frost gives is these little boys climbing saplings, birch saplings, and swinging from them, like victoriously, gloriously, um, swinging on these, these very bendable um, birch saplings. So we immediately uh, went out into the woods and said, we're going to do it. And this was the day that we learned that there's different kind of wood. <laughs> <laughs> that, that birch trees are different than pine trees. Oh. Yes. Um, so my sister nobly stepped forth to be the first. And so we watched her um, climb up this pine tree. She selected an evergreen. And she got to the top, and it was, I mean, it was a good height. And she started swinging back and forth, and there's this big smile on her face, and all of us are ready to go run and scatter and find our own when in an instant there was this snap. Oh. And the whole top of the tree, which she was holding on to, uh, broke off from the, the rest of the tree. And she, it was a pretty good fall. I mean, 15 feet. Oh. I don't want to exaggerate, but uh, yeah, she just, she fell to the ground. All of us are horrified. We ran over. We're pulling evergreen boughs off of her. And yeah, the, the, the wind was knocked out of her a little bit. And uh, there's some, some cuts and scrapes. Uh, but it is amazing uh, physically to ponder um, our capacity to heal. Mm-hmm. And with a little encouragement from all of us, she got up again. And, and we picked the right tree next time. <laughs> <laughs> God bless her. Yeah. It's slightly traumatic. I'm yeah. glad she's okay. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a great image, though. I mean, I mean, not the, her getting hurt, but like, <laughs> but the difference, like even like, God bless her, but like the difference between the woods, you wouldn't think as a kid, you wouldn't think, oh, birch is more supple than right. pine, you know, you wouldn't think that, you know, right. but I actually love that image because it gives me in terms of a spiritual analogy, yes. which I'm a fan yeah, of, Yeah, let's tap in, you know, some trees can hold us and some can and actually technically only one tree can hold us. Ooh. And that's the tree of the cross wow sister and only the cross can hold (laughs) our burdens our wounds only the cross and the resurrection is going to heal us you know that's that's the tree we can lean on and swing from Eh, maybe not swing amen but But, the victory that we're looking for yeah and it's like that's that's it okay that's awesome sister yeah amen yeah but what a great i mean that's just a, a neat image well i do i think well here we go okay so Jesus Christ has won the victory, mm-hmm. that healing is possible. Mm-hmm. But my sense is that if I look at my own life, if I look at others, precursor to claiming that gift of healing is admitting that I'm capable of being wounded, mm-hmm. you know, that my heart is vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm fragile, mm-hmm. that I'm weak. Um, I can yeah. be wounded. Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard. 
And I mean, it comes really from like our, our hearts are the reason our hearts are capable mm. of being wounded is because they're capable of loving and being loved. Mm. Right. And that immediately by the very nature of love, there's a vulnerability to that. Mm. Um, and so, and so, I mean, they can be wounded if they're not loved properly. If, you know, if, we're used or we experience use instead of love, you know, that, that is deeply wounding, mm. you know, and, and we can all carry, you know, greater or lesser wounds, but it's, it rests in that, um, the capacity of our hearts to be vulnerable. Um, and that's hard when, we've, hard when we've been wounded. Um, well, I think it, uh, as I hear you talk, sister, it takes great humility mm-hmm. to be healed and it takes humility to be loved and in a sense, I think it takes humility to acknowledge, fully acknowledge before the Lord, actually our dignity, mm-hmm. our profound dignity that he has inscribed in us. My heart's desire for wholeness, for, um, yeah, holiness, um, to claim the full gift mm-hmm. of that love that you're speaking of. And, yeah, I think to, to admit uh, that I'm capable of uh, capable of being wounded. It's not easy. No, and and even to admit, like I mean, sometimes our wounds are self inflicted. You know, to admit we've messed mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. You know, or or others have let us down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or someone didn't treat us the way we were supposed to be treated, and and that's that can be hard to admit that. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it, like you said, it can be humiliating. You know, like. Um, even kind of threaten our security, you know. Um, and it's even, you know, calling out, you know, crutches or things we've coped with, you know, to kind Ooh. of keep the pain quiet. But it's like, that's actually not what God wants for us. Wow, sister. He wants a fullness of life, a fullness of restoration in our hearts. Yep. Even in those most deepest, most painful wounds, which we might carry, he wants to go there with his light and his healing balm. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you know, it kind of reminds me of a story. Mm. <laughs> Will you indulge a story, sister? Tell me. So we decided as a family we were going to go hiking. And this is a couple years back. So uh, my nephew, he was about five years old at the time, he was kind of hard to get excited about hiking up a mountain. I think he's of a temperament that he'd rather just sit and, and enjoy TV and chips and things like this. Don't we all, right? <laughs> so we promised him ice cream, and at that, he was willing to, to give this hiking thing a try. So we took off and hiking happily up this little mountain, and him and his brother ran ahead of us quite a bit. And, of course, as we um, happened upon them, they had found a giant puddle right in the middle of the trail. And as good five- and seven-year-old boys know how to do, they had flung off their shoes and their socks, and they were splashing about wildly, like wild men, <laughs> in this giant puddle. And, uh, and sure enough, um, my nephew started to kind of, his uh, face indicated there was some pain, and tears came, and uh, we pulled him out, and sure enough, yeah, there was a major situation going on. Oh, no. Yeah, his foot needed some care and attention. So uh, we went to work uh, trying to get his this major cut on his foot uh, taken care of. And my dear nephew, in this moment, here we are. He just looks at us, and he says this. He said, I did not want to come here. I cannot walk. Now you will have to carry me. <laughs> and I have to say, while none of us agreed with him that after we got him bandaged up, he would be able to walk, uh, Grace stopped me in that moment. And I just, I was so drawn by the, his wisdom as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what my heart probably says uh, when I come to these uh, different points where I'm confronted with. Uh, my fragility or a place where I'm hurt or wounded, um, admitting I need help. Mm. And I did not want to come here. No, I don't think any of us do. Uh, I can't walk. Admitting, actually, I need a remedy. And the remedies that I've been leaning on, the crutches I've been walking with, the places I've been numbing this place out aren't cutting it. Mm. And then he comes to his conclusion, now you will have to carry me. 
That's the wisdom of a child. Mm. Uh, and I think this wisdom cannot be underrated. Um, this, is, this is our jackpot as Christians. Um, we are God's beloved sons and daughters. That is our identity. He has uh, taken full responsibility as our Father and given us His Son, Jesus Christ, um, to fill these places, heal these places, anoint these places. And so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, with, I'm with my nephew and uh, leaning in to the remedy that we have in Jesus Christ mm-hmm. uh, and, in, and through the cross. Uh, as we, yeah, as we look at this adventure of healing in our own lives, whatever that might look like, big and small. Wow. I love that story, sister. It's mm-hmm. so powerful. Just the, the uh, um, beautiful, almost bold audacity of a child, you know, and to like, to, to kind of clutch to Jesus, to his cross and resurrection for, for the sake of our healing, you know, like, come and help me. I need you, you know, with all that courage of a child of God, you know, mm. like, like your sister, you know, held on to the tree or like your <laughs> nephew, you know, looked up at you and, and asked for help. Like, I love that. And it, it makes me think of the story in scripture, um, which I'm sure you're all aware of who are listening, but, um, the woman with the hemorrhage, right? Ooh, I love that right? scripture. Who I, who I, I just love it. And, um, you know, it, it's Mark five, Uh, starting at 25. And, you know, it just says there's a woman who was in the area who had been afflicted with a hemorrhage for a dozen years, and she'd received treatment at the hands of doctors of every sort and exhausted her savings in the process, right? She had, she had nothing left of Mm. her own resources, you know, but yet she got no relief. On the contrary, she only grew worse, Mm. you know, and then it, it says she heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and put her hand to his cloak, and she said, if I just touch his clothing, she thought, I shall get well. And immediately, it says in the gospel, her flow of blood dried up and the feeling that she was cured of her affliction ran through her whole body. You know, that it says, you know, Jesus, conscious of this, kind of whirls around and, you know, says, who touched me? Who touched my clothing? Right? And the disciples are like, come on, you know, how can you, how can you, you know, ask that? There's everybody, you know, touching you. Wow. Um, but then she comes before him and, and it says she fell in front of him and, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, I love this, daughter, it is your faith that has cured you. Go in peace and be free of this illness. So just like you were saying, like, wow. who are we? We're sons and daughters of the father. And he, he heals her. But also part of that healing is restoring her to her identity mm. as daughter, you know, and that's. It's, it's really, I mean, but her, her courage to reach out like a child of God, you know, it, it, he loved that, you know, mm. he loved that. And that's what he wants for all of us to it's do. It's so powerful. You know? It sounds like it's the gate. Yeah. In a sense, it's what, it, it's what opened her mm-hmm. to being f- set free to receive mm-hmm. the inheritance that she has mm-hmm. as his beloved daughter. Mm-hmm. This healing, this restoration to her identity mm-hmm. actually brings her into Mm-hmm. the riches of that we have in our father i think oh it's so there's so many good words for us in scripture on mm-hmm. this sister oh it makes me think of the prodigal son yeah uh you know that all he had to do was turn it's like turning back to the father and as he turned back and started walking homeward mm-hmm. it's like scripture reveals to us this father whose eyes are set on the horizon. He was waiting to see his son um, returning home. He ran towards him, you know, a man of dignity, a father running towards his son who had essentially forsaken him. Mm -hmm. Um, No, he is running to his son, restoring him fully and beyond, you know, killing the fatted calf, uh, dressing him once again. Mm -hmm. Um, His dignity, Mm -hmm. his, his... um, his sonship, uh, so outrageous, or even to bounce into um, ultimately looking at Christ's wounds. Yeah, um, I love what Scripture has to say. Um, Thomas, he really helps us out. I am so grateful for Thomas. The resurrection, and I think this is true too, especially as we're talking about healing. Sometimes we've lived uh, with our, our woundedness for so long that that actually the hardest part is receiving the resurrection, mm-hmm. the new life that God wants to, to bring. It's like 
going to the chiropractors, everything gets readjusted and it's like, ouch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here Thomas is saying, wait a second, um, Christ died and he rose? Mm-hmm. Like, I've got to see this. I, ne- I, need, I-, I need flesh and blood here. I need to put my hands in the wounds. And what a good God, a merciful God, mm-hmm. bends to meet Thomas in this. And uh, again, in scripture, Jesus, the disciples find Jesus, the resurrected Christ, among them. And G- what does he say? Peace. Mm-hmm. Peace. Wow. This great word of peace. And he, Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. And Thomas responded, you know, my Lord and my God. He knew he was looking at his Redeemer, his Savior, the, the, the Lord that he knew mm-hmm. before and now, resurrected. And my favorite thing to ponder in this is Jesus wants our wounds to look like his. Wow. Like I imagine as he speaks this word of peace, mm-hmm. he's showing them his hands. He's mm-hmm. showing them his side. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, listen, mm-hmm. look this is what I want to do with your wounds. I don't want your wounds to hurt you anymore. Mm-hmm. And they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, I want your wounds to actually become places of new life. Mm. Wow, sister. It's stunning. It's almost like almost like a scandalous mercy in the sense. But that it's like he, he doesn't want to just heal us, heal our wounds mm. in the way like our natural body, you know, heals us. It's like he wants to, to bring out of those wounds that he, have, you know, have been allowed. Um, but he wants to bring a greater good than if it hadn't happened at all. So that our wounds... Outrageous. Right, bring new life, even to others, you know, but our, our um, look like his. Wow. It's really, it's, it's the craziness of his mercy, but it's real and it's, it's real. true. Well, and I would encourage, I mean, sister, think about, and as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about, yeah, you know, the hardest times, mm-hmm. the most challenging times, uh, the places um, mm-hmm. I thought, right, dead ends. Right. When I brought them to Christ, yeah. this, this gospel is true. Yeah. And I would encourage all those listening, think about this. You yeah. know, these places, um, wounds in your life that you've turned over to Christ. Mm-hmm. And has he ever given you a reason not to trust him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has he ever disappointed you? Because mm-hmm. uh, look at what happens when you go in faith to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Miracles happen. Yeah. Healing happens. Yeah. New life happens. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing he can't heal. There's mm-hmm. nothing he can't heal. Nothing, you know, that we bring to him. And he, he makes, you know, what looked like a dead end. It's just a gate, you know, an open door to a whole new, a whole new reality, you know. Whoa. It's amazing. It's like as Christians, we don't live in caves. It's always a tunnel. Mm-hmm. I think, too, um, as Christians... Um, as beloved sons and daughters of God the Father, you know, to claim the gift we have in the Paschal Mystery. Yeah. That, um, that if we cling to Christ, whatever passion we're suffering, whatever death we're suffering, if we cling mm-hmm. to Christ, there will be a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's radical faith, it's radical trust, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, to not kind of, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't give up mm-hmm. if you're in the passion and the death. Mm-hmm. Cling to Christ. Yeah. It will break yeah. and into a new day yeah. and into what the word of God promises us, what the life of Christ promises us. Mm-hmm. And he wants to enter into those wounds and to, to rise there. Like he's, you know, died with us for us, but he wants to rise there, you know. And how do, you know, how do we keep doing that? Well, things like, you know, the sacraments, mm. um, Eucharist, confession, prayer, mm. forgiveness, you know, because... Um, we'll talk about this in a, more in a different episode, but, but un- unforgiveness can really yeah. um, keep our wounds festering mm. and, and not, never get healed. So that's a huge, huge gateway to, to healing wow. is, is forgiveness. But yeah, How he, beautiful. he wants to do it. He wants to be there. Well, and here we are. We've got some, got some great things on the table, but how? Yeah. How do we break this? What does this actually even look like? Yeah. Right? In real time. It's a great question. Well, I, I think first, yeah, I think being totally real, hmm. number one, be totally real. And just to admit, I'm sick, you mm. know, um, I need help. I can't do it. I can't get out of this, this rut. I'm, this wound has, has 
affected my whole life, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some very deep wounds that, that we can carry, you know. You know, people um, really, really deeply suffering from the wound of abortion or mm-hmm. infidelity, you know, mm-hmm. or use or pornography, whatever. Some mm-hmm. very, very deep wounds in our culture. And first to admit, I'm wounded here. Yeah. Acknowledge it. And to acknowledge our need of God, you know. Um, and it makes me think, actually, of, of uh, great, uh, blessed, blessed Matt Talbot, hmm. uh, who's just delightful. And I just found out, actually, his really? feast day is my baptismal day. Well, isn't that exciting? June 19th. <laughs> Claim <laughs> the grace. Claim the grace. I am. I'm so pleased. Wow. Um, but yeah, so blessed Matt Talbot was an Irishman. Um, and came from a family where his, his brothers and his dad really struggled with, with, with alcoholism. Mm. Um, and he actually became alcoholic uh, by the time he was 13 because he went to work at a wine, uh, wine merchant's uh, place and, and was just really yeah. kind of done. Like he was, he was in, he was an alcoholic. Um, and it, it kept going, you know, just would always be at pubs with his friends, all of that, you know, spent all his money on drinking, uh, really deeply, uh, stuck, you know, and, uh, even, you know, stealing things to get money mm-hmm. for alcohol, just really in a rough spot. Um, and one, one day he was kind of out of money and outside of a pub and hoping someone would like invite him in inside for a drink, you know, and no one did. And he just kind of like that, there's something, I guess, a grace in a moment, but he was just like fed up. Mm. And he went home to his mom and said, Mom, I'm going to take the pledge, you know, the Irish, <laughs> the Irish pledge not to drink again. You know, wow. and you take it, I think, for like segments of time, like three months, six months and then forever or whatever the segment is. But um, but it changed his life, you know. Wow. And and just that his acknowledgement, like being able to finally acknowledge like I that moment of, of just realizing like I am sick. Yeah, I need help. I can't yeah. do this and I definitely can't do it on my own. You know, I need, I need Christ, you know, and the, the Irish pledge was rooted uh, in, you know, the sacred heart in, in Jesus. But wow. it's, uh, to me, it's such a, a hopeful and wonderful story, you know, someone um, suffering deeply from a, a deep wound and mm-hmm. addiction, mm-hmm. right? And being restored in Christ and, and actually um, just falling it, I mean, in love with Jesus wow. And he's now a blessed of the church. You know, blessed Matt Talbot, pray for us. The fruit of being real. The fruit of being real. Well, yeah. And even as you speak, sister, it's like, wow, praise be to God. And in that, I think a great way to say, gosh, um, where am I hurting? You know, is to ask yourself and to pray, ask for the grace for the Holy Spirit to kind of stir up your desires. Where do you desire greater peace? Mm-hmm. Where do you desire deeper wholeness mm-hmm. where do you desire reconciliation you know in a sense even in a positive form you know where do I want greater freedom mm-hmm. um, as a way to um, allow the Lord to begin to come mm-hmm. I love this it's like the stock market <laughs> it's a little bit of a different exchange program though <laughs> so as I'm real hey here's my misery Jesus he gives me his love mm-hmm. hey Jesus here's my pain he anoints it with his Holy Spirit. Hey, Jesus, you know, here's my, here's my grief, you know, my sorrowing. And again, he sends the paraclete uh, to, to come. Um, so being real, mm-hmm. being real. Mm-hmm. Step one. Amen. It's important, you know. And, and just to add to that, just briefly, he's never deterred by us. Mm. Like he's never put off by us or disgusted by us. You know, no matter how we kind of gritty our, our, our wounds or our sins. It's like, it's never too much for him ever. And he wants to go there. He wants to shed his light. He wants to be healer and redeemer in that place, you know, and we never have to, you know, Adam and Eve, I think were they turned away in shame. Right. Mm. But it's, it's turning our gaze back to the healer who sees us, you know, and, and desires to make us new. So how beautiful sister. Yeah. So step one, that was, yeah, be totally real. Okay. So step two. Step two. You know, I'm thinking step two is we got to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not just because I have a nursing background. (laughs) Um, But we got to bring it to the divine physician. And I think it is, even as you're beginning to talk about, um, 
you know, when we go to the doctor, it can be a little awkward. You know, you got to tell them a lot of stuff. You got to fill out all these long sheets and, you know, you just get real and you get, it's almost like transparent. Yeah. You let the doctor uh, see. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same thing with the divine physician. Mm-hmm. You got to go and almost live. He lives in exposition. His heart is exposed to us, the blessed sacrament. And the best way to find healing is to live in this mutual exposition mm-hmm. that I'm willing to reveal these places to him. Mm-hmm. Um, or even tell the divine physician, hey, I'm having a hard time um, opening this place up. What do you want to do about that? Mm-hmm. Um, but telling him everything, telling him, regardless of how you got there, telling him. Um, he's a person, we can talk to him. You know, bring our wounds, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. we're suffering with that, and not only Jesus gets to judge. We don't get to judge ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how, no matter how you got there. Okay, fine. Let him meet you right there. Right there. Um, we admit I can't heal myself. I've got to go to the doctor, and you know I want to get the right diagnosis and treatment. It stings to be misdiagnosed. So we go. We're real. We're at the doctor's, and. Yeah, and actually, I would I would add too. A lot of times we can be wounded in relationship, mm-hmm. and um, parallel, we need to be healed in relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's in this context of relationship, uh, first and foremost, with God, Father, Son, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, Divine Physician, um, we can find uh, what we're looking for, and engage our relationship uh, with the Father, which heals pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're parked out right there. In the Father's love. In the Father's love. It's the best. You kind of want for nothing. No. Yeah. It's all about receiving. Yeah. And, and in that, he speaks to us the truth of who we are. Hmm. You know, that this wound hmm. or this sin, this memory is not who you are. Hmm. Right. Um, and this means, and this, I mean, this means wounds that we carry from others. This means wounds that we carry from ourselves, you know, you know, sins that we maybe we're struggling with, bringing it to him. Like mm-hmm. the sacrament of confession, I think is a great, the best image almost of the, the doctor's office in a way, in, in addition to a, <laughs> love it. to Eucharistic adoration. But it's really like, this is, here's, here's everything, you know, um, and, and to bring it to him, you know, real wounds, bring it to him. Like you're saying, yeah. it's not too much. Because he, um, he wants to heal it. Yeah. He wants to go there. He wants to go there. Yeah. You know, I brought a story with me, sister. Yeah. That I think uh, really gives us um, a beautiful view at this. And it's with permission. Um, one of the women that we had the great blessing of walking with in our Hope and Healing mission, so women who come to us uh, seeking healing after that experience of abortion, uh, she wrote um, her story, and she she said, you know, feel free to share it. And so I'd love to read it to you because it's it's um, whenever I do, it restores me mm. and inspires me. Um, I'd love to hear it. Okay, here we go. So this was her story, and this is what she wrote. After Mass one Sunday, uh, they announced that they had an Advent tree and asked members of the parish to take a tag in order to give a gift to families that needed them. I picked up a couple of tags, bought the gifts, brought them to the church, and was told I was too late. I would have to try again next year. As I left, the woman mentioned it was organized by the Sisters of Life. Thinking I still had a chance, I went home and immediately looked them up online and began reading about all the different ways they serve. Then I saw Hope and Healing After Abortion. And she goes on to say, clicking on that link changed my life. And she said as a result, uh, she called and ended up coming on a day of uh, prayer and healing with us and then on retreat with us. And this is what she said about being on retreat. She said, once I arrived at the retreat, I was greeted with such warmth and tenderness and felt like it was a place there was no judgment, only love. It was the first time I shared my secret with others and I realized I wasn't alone. It was the beginning of my healing journey with the Lord and it continues today. 
She said, for 26 years, I lived a life in which I carried a great burden in my heart and lived in a place I thought protected me from having to face a terrifying truth, that I committed a great sin against God and myself. The irony of it was that in reality I had to face the truth to receive the truth, that our Lord Jesus Christ in all his mercy forgives us, even our greatest sins, when we seek his forgiveness. Having an abortion is a regret that will never fade away from me, but with God's great mercy and love, I'm able to root my life not in the regret, but in the beauty that is best described in Luke 7:47, when Jesus forgives the woman of many sins. She says, I love much because I am forgiven much. Wow. Yeah. What a powerful testimony. Her humility, her courage, her mm-hmm. docility. It's like I can feel the dewfall of God's mercy uh, rest on my own heart mm-hmm. as I as I read about her story. I think it it just um, it illustrates so beautifully mm-hmm. what God desires to do in each of our lives yeah. with whatever it is we're carrying. Yeah. And how tender he is and how gentle he is, you know? And it kind of shatters the illusion that we have to fix ourselves. Hmm. Like sometimes I think, oh, we're, you know, I'm broken. I have to fix myself. I have to figure it out. That's actually not true. I have to come to him. That's what I have to do. You know, and he'll do it. He wants to do it, you know, and and he does. He comes and he's, he's, he's there. He's waiting. He's waiting for us, you know? So powerful, sister. Yeah. And so true. Yeah. That's it. Well, and I think that brings us to last point. So it's be real, go to the doctor, and what do we do next? Live faith. We've got to live the faith. All right. What do we mean by that? What do we mean by that? (laughs) I don't know. You want to take a stab or you want to take a stab? I think I'm happy to take a stab. Okay, take a stab. Yeah, I think um, this is kind of the way we live our lives in in the sense of orienting our minds and our hearts and our souls toward the Lord in faith, Hmm. posturing ourselves toward the Lord in faith. And kind of like we talked about before, but it's it's stepping into into the world, to what we've been entrusted to in our lives, and even into our, our past memories, our wounds, but with the trust of a child of God, like we talked about. Love it. And letting go and making, actually making a, a decision, a choice. And it's a choice that I think sometimes we need to renew. Actually, not sometimes. We need to renew every day, <laughs> you know, to let go and let God mm. and to wait on him. You know, and and, uh, and there's layers to healing, I think, too, in this and living this faith because yeah. it's a day-to-day thing every day. You know, it's kind of like the image of going up a mountain. One, one priest had mentioned this image. And you're going up a mountain, you know, in a circle around the mountain, circling the mountain. And you get to the same place you were before, mm. but you're in a different place. You're higher up, you mm. know. It's like, oh, okay, been here, but I'm in a different place. You know, and so th- it's that daily living of faith, giving God permission, running to him like a child, um, but also being patient with ourselves. Because healing it takes time. It takes time. There are layers. It takes time. Yeah. Well, and I think the journey... Um, blesses us mm-hmm. we can't do it all at once i mean the, the mystery and the beauty of our beings mm-hmm. um it's one day at a time yeah it's all well, we got it's all we got yeah present moment yeah isn't that uh doesn't poe and kung fu panda say that's why we call it a gift <laughs> i mean <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry sorry i love that i'm a kung fu panda fan <laughs> <laughs> shameless but you know actually more than more than uh, poe the panda bear um, I actually witnessed this powerfully mm-hmm. recently, um, how we live faith in response to the ways we've been wounded um, or reverenced or suffered. And it, I had the great privilege of listening to a Benedictine monk. His name is Father Zachary Bukuru, and he's from Buta, Burundi, which is a landlocked country in Africa. And... It was the first time I heard this story. It absolutely blew me away. So in 1997, uh, in recent history, um, this, the seminary in Buta, or Butu, sorry, um, in Burundi, the country of Burundi, um, there was a seminary. And for a long time, this country has suffered, um, you know, great um, tension between um, 
kind of ethnic wars, so to speak, between the two tribes, the, uh, the Tutsis and the Hutus. And this seminary was a real oasis of peace because the rector um, really tried to form the men in Christian unity. He said, no, this is Christendom and um, divides dissolve here. We are one mind and one heart in Christ. And he did this with great effect and truly miraculously um, because all of these kids were coming in from war-torn and uh, deeply divided, um, you know, cultures and, and families. So in 1997, these rebels, uh, they really uh, targeted the seminary. They were, they were upset that uh, this was a great affront to the tension and the chaos that they were trying to drive um, with their own anger. And so these rebels came to the seminary early in the morning, and they went into one of the dormitories uh, where 40 of these young seminarians were sleeping and all under the age of 20. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, okay, um, Hutus to the right and Tutsis to the left. They said, separate. And the boys refused to separate. Wow. They refused. Wow. And I mean, these guys were carrying guns and machetes and um, very intimidating, came in a great drove. And they yelled again, separate. These boys refused to separate. And again and again until uh, the, the, the leader of this rebel troop got very impatient and frustrated. And they did. They started to, to kill these boys, mm. 40 of them. Mm. 40 of them Gosh. were martyred. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a terrible event. And yet the fruit and the beauty um, that has flooded this place. And to hear this man who, who was also there and um, was attacked, and he should have lost his life. Um, and he said afterwards, it was so, he was walking, he, he went into the dormitory and was just, his heart was absolutely torn to see um, these boys. And they had all died, and so gruesomely. And he said, another one of the seminarians came in, and he was, he was about to despair. He said his heart was absolutely broken. And one of the boys, he said, Father, we've won. We've won the victory. Like, we've lived the unity mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And he said in that moment, it like the resurrection, the, the dawn was born in his heart. And that he said miracles happened. The families of all the, the boys that were lost, they decided we will bury them together. They were from the two tribes. Mm -hmm. We were burying them together. Um, this place has become an international place of pilgrimage for people have come all over the world to, to pray for the grace of forgiveness, to live um, um, violence that they have suffered, but choosing Jesus, choosing Christ and the power that flows from his wounded side uh, um, and the resurrection um, that is promised in and through the life of Christ, that there is another way to live mm -hmm. these things. There was a monastery built, and this Benedictine monk, he said, we are there to finish the work that has been, that was started by these martyrs, um, that this is going to be a presence of God, and this, there's just been this overflow of life and grace forth from the heroic witness of these young men, and um, this is living faith, and it's a, in a sense it's an intense example, and yet I think we want to live their, the faith they're living in the face of even our, um, what we might call the little crosses we carry, the burdens we suffer each day, the daily martyrdom of life, uh, to choose as they have chosen mm -hmm. um, so deeply and heroically, um, that yeah, Jesus cares. Mm -hmm. um, whatever size the cross, mm -hmm. um, he cares and he wants uh, to bring it uh, to resurrection. Yeah, that is such a powerful story, sister. Mm. It is so, I mean, stunning and moving and heart-wrenching, you mm. know, and, and just thinking of that, like, that wound, which, I mean, it's such a grievous wound Outrageous. inflicted on, on these boys, but on the whole community, mm -hmm. you know, and then and then these these people, the families, the rector, and what is their response, you know, letting Jesus into that wound so mm. deeply that it's, that, um, you know, it's bringing new life. Wow. 
you know, letting, and these boys are, I mean, martyrs to the faith. Martyrs, and their cause has been opened. Yeah. And they may be the first um, saints of this country. Wow. Of Burundi. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And and even, it strikes me too, even the fact, like, um, I think that's what the devil tries to say to us, you know, when he comes mm-hmm. into places of, of our woundedness is separate, separate from Jesus, separate. Mm. We're telling, you know, and, but Jesus will never, ever separate from us, you know, and, and living, living that unity with him um, is, is, is healing, you know, and, and just thinking about that, I mean, that's a very extreme example of, yes. of woundedness, you know, yes. most of us are here in, maybe many of us are in, in countries that are safer, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of that. But I think we all, you know, we all have woundedness, right? Yes. Um, and the importance of living living faith in those places, even like the day-to-day mm-hmm. uh, experience of living that, you know? Um, and w- what is it? What is it to live that, to unify ourselves with Jesus in those places, you know? And, and I think a lot of it, I was thinking of this story, a very brief story of one of our priest friends. His brother had a very serious heart condition and... Um, yeah, very, very serious. And the doctors told him as part of his recovery, his prescription was that he must be silent. Hmm. He could not speak so that his heart could be healed. You know, the power of that, the power of, of putting ourselves in situations um, like healing environments, you know, um, silence, um, turning off the TV, you know, taking away distractions. Because um, the little things actually in our day-to-day life help help to um, help Jesus to be able to enter and, and to heal our wounds, to invite him in. How beautiful. In the sister. silence, you know. Um, or in like, even even like the little things that tell us we're worth it. That's healing, you yes. know. Cause how often our wounds come from being used. Um, but like, the, I remember one um, girl I knew and really lived in a very difficult situation and her house was painfully um, broken and just, you know, just really like dark and, um, everything about that house told her that she wasn't good, wow. you know, and just uh, being with her and walking with her and saying, Hey, let's, let's repaint some rooms and get some new furniture for the kids. And, and it was like this, like, I'm worth it. Wow. I'm worth it. And she, you know, pitched in and the kids are helping. And it was like so exciting for them. And, and it was so healing. How powerful, you know, to go into that place of darkness and bring light because she's worth it. Wow. And that's what Jesus wants to do, you know, for us. And just so to, in a little ways to step into that. Oh, I love, I just, just to summarize, sister, I think you said it so beautifully. Um, in finding these and helping to create these environments in big and little ways that uh, we can open our hearts to Christ. So a life of the sacrament, silence, prayer, um, the physical environment, being around people, who love and reverence us. Um, it's the little things, but it makes mm-hmm. all makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, this has just been quite an adventure. It has. Well, and I think we love talking about this. <laughs> we do. We really do. Um, and I think there's more to come. I think this is like a first installment. First installment. We can just keep talking about healing. <laughs> we could. Yeah. But I think, I think, what do you think? Before we go, sister? Do you have an encouragement, challenge, yeah. word? Yeah. I think maybe to, to bring to Jesus in prayer and just ask Jesus, what wounds do you want to heal in my life? You know? And to really to really open yourself to that um, and, and see what Jesus says, see what the Father says to you hmm. in that. Because I think he wants to, I think he wants to heal you. You know, because I think a lot of times we can let our hurts define our identity or or even the identity of those who have hurt us. And we don't need to live like that. Mm. And he wants to bring healing. So just to ask him, Jesus, like where, maybe a better way to ask, Jesus, where would you like to bring healing in my life? It's beautiful, sister. Yeah, that's what I would say. That is really beautiful. Yeah, what about you? Well, I'm going to take rule number one. I'm going to be real with everybody. Uh, when I look at my life, and I look particularly... Um, at these intersections where Jesus has wanted to come with his healing grace and power. My only regret and my biggest regret in life is that at these turns, I haven't trusted him even more, Mm. even more. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage everyone to 
ask for the grace to trust him, um, especially where you're tempted most not to. And it might help. We have a beautiful prayer, I think, that you can find on our website. You can. You can find it on our website. It's called the Litany of Trust. And it can be such a gift and a grace, especially in this, as we seek to let love heal us. Amen. Well, gosh, sister, you want to close us with a prayer? I would be honored. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your blessings. Jesus, we ask you to come right now and speak to us as you speak spoke to your disciples, peace. Lord, that you give us peace in our hearts. Lord, help us to bring any places of woundedness to you, Jesus. We pray um, right now for all those in our life who have, who have wounded us. Lord, we pray for the grace to forgive them. We pray for conversion where that's needed. And we ask you, Jesus, to just shine your light and to, to breathe in newness in every place in our heart that is dark or alone. You be with us there, Jesus. We place ourselves, our needs and intentions, and all the needs and intentions of those who are listening uh, in your heart, Jesus, and we, uh, we know you, your heart has been wounded for us. Uh, and we ask, we ask you to be with us, to heal us, and we give you glory in full confidence as we pray, glory be to the Father, and to, to the, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. It's good to be with you, sister. And with you, sister. God bless you. God bless you. See you next time. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.